Hey y'all, what's up? It is none other than your girl, Coach Kimmy, and welcome back to another fresh episode of the Unapologetic Wives Club. Now, I know my voice may be a little bit raspier than normal. I am fighting off this cold that is trying to fight me, but it shall not win. I rebuke this cold in the name of Jesus, and by Jesus' stripes, I am healed from the crown of my head to the very soles of my feet. I am healed. Not to include, I had a blast today singing in the church choir for Christmas. Now, y'all know we are in the month of December and this year is wrapping up super, super fast. And I cannot wait to see what 2020 has in store for me, my family, and even for you guys. So if this is your first time ever listening to a podcast, I would like to welcome you and say thank you for checking your girl out. We love our VIP guests. And so therefore, we treat you special by rolling out out the red carpet. So we want to say welcome to you. All right. If you have rolled with me for any amount of time, guess what y'all what's up? We have made it yet another week and we are unapologetically going to talk about this topic today, which is a good one. Now I put a poll out on Facebook just a little while ago. And I asked you guys, what do you want your girl to talk about? And most of you said you wanted me to talk on marriage and relationships. So here we are with a podcast. This podcast is going to be called The Lessons of Love because December is here. December 31st will make 17 whole years that I've been married to my husband. And we are going to talk about the 10 things that we have learned while being married to each other. Now, if you guys have followed us for any amount of time, y'all knew the whole story or you know the whole story based off of the Facebook live video that we did way back when um, for a love, hate and relationships episode. And we talked about how we came to be. We talked about the things that we dealt with. We were very transparent with everything that we face in that moment. Because if you don't tell people the truth about the situation, how are you being a blessing to anybody? Now, I know a lot of people don't want to get on there because they don't like the dirty little secrets to come out and they just feel some kind of way thinking people going to judge them. But at the end of the day, all of us deal with some stuff and all of us got some skeletons in our closet and some messes that we are still trying to clean up. Okay. So with that being said, we had to learn what we've learned to get to this point to be able to even share it with you. And if it had not been for the Holy Spirit and by God's grace and a whole bunch of prayer and a whole bunch of surrendering in certain areas, we would not have made it here. Um, truth be told, because both of us are extremely different. He thinks different. I think different. He wants certain things um, for his own personal life. I want certain things for my own personal life. But we've come to a place now, 17 years later, where we want what we want for our family. And I know a lot of people may say, hey, 17 years is a long time to get it. It doesn't matter. I really don't get moved by what people think because everybody learns in their own time. There were some things that we still had to get rid of out of our individual selves in order to even come together collectively as a team to get to this point. So I say thank you, God, that we've made it this far and that we can now talk about the things that we dealt with and the ugly places that we've been and not feel offended or feel hurt or feel like we're opening up old wounds with one another, but we can actually have a conversation about it and help other people. And so that's what 
This podcast is all about, if you don't know already, like the things that we're going to talk about is real life stuff. Like we don't want to throw no shade to anybody, but we're not going to get on here and try to act like things is rainbows and flowers. And they're not. If it is a mess, then it's a mess. And, you know, we're going to seek God to try to figure out how to fix it. But if we have come through something, then by all means, what is the point of holding that to ourselves in in hopes that someone doesn't look at us different? If you're going to look at us different, you know, the Bible even tells us before you, you know, pull the wood in somebody else's eye, check your own wood. You know, you got to check yourself before you're ready to judge somebody else and what they've been through. And so, um, like I said, December 31st, man, I'm really excited. 17 years of marriage. And when I look back on it, it's like, man, time has flown by. It doesn't seem like 17 years, though. Sometimes when we were in intense fellowship moments, it seemed like a lifetime. But you know what? I wouldn't trade it for the world. I love my husband. My husband's a good dude. Like he got so much going for him. And I cannot wait to see him unleash or allow God to unleash everything that God has for him. Because I know when my husband get where he going to be, we going to be straight. Like I can't speak for everybody else that's sitting on the sideline rooting for us to fail. We ain't going out like that. We have the power of prayer. We have the power of unity and we got God on our side. And you know what? And that's what I'm holding on to. And so when I was talking to him, um, I was asking him, you know, we've been married 17 years. Like I wanted to do this segment called the lessons of love. And it doesn't really even have to be a really long segment. But I wanted to know, like, through all the things that we've been through, like, what are some of the lessons that you've learned out of this marriage relationship? Now, to set up um, the, I guess, the platform or the idea for you guys, I'm going to just, you know, kind of tell you, if you don't know our testimony or our background, we were not the conventional relationship. We were not high school sweethearts, you know, um, though both of our families were from the D.C. area and we may have been even around each other. My husband is nine and a half years older than me. So, you know, of course, me being a a small child and him being a teenager, we wouldn't have even crossed each other at that point. And if we did, we didn't know because of the, the difference, you know, he was doing different things. But when we came together, um, I was 19 years old when I met him. And when we met, it was a really good, um, connection because we got connected through music. Music was, our, um, I guess our, our go-to, he, he had a background in it and I came from an artist perspective. And so music was our connection piece. And so we didn't grow up in high school, you know, being a high school sweethearts, but we got judged by a lot of people who did, you know, like, Oh, you know, you fell in love with your high school sweetheart and things have been roses and flowers and all that good stuff in between. And unfortunately, you know, in our story, that wasn't the case. You know, we went through some things in the beginning of our relationship. We didn't have the conventional dating. We were like just two friends that was like, oh, we down for each other. You know what I'm saying? We hung out together. We we rolled together. We did whatever we did together, whatever the case may be. We were friends. We were really good friends. And um, to be honest, it was a, a breath of fresh air because he was different than any of the other guys that I had ever been around prior to our relationship and the fact that we had music that was the connecting thing was just exciting for me. And so um, we got together, whatever the case may be, we ended up married and we went through 
some tough things in our marriage because he was not ready to be married. I was young and and naive in the marriage. We had no examples to really be the forefront or the person to hold our hand and say, okay, this is how you become a, a wife and this is how you become a husband. We were just like, okay, we said I do. We're married. Okay, now what? But we didn't factor in all the things that we were doing as individuals leading up to us becoming a couple. And the reason why I can talk about it now is because for years, I didn't understand it. Okay. I'm be honest with y'all for years. I didn't understand it. I went through a lot of emotional hurt inside because of my lack of understanding that we're taking two different people who live two totally separate lifestyles. And you're saying, okay, yesterday that was my lifestyle today. It's no longer. And so that's how it happened in our relationship. So we fought against each other um, with, with our respect to our marriage and what we wanted and what we wanted right then and there. And it's because we didn't factor that in. We didn't factor that when we said, I do, that means everything that we thought we was doing as individuals was supposed to stop. And so it made it very difficult in, um, the early parts of our marriage to even be unified, to even see eye to eye. Like it was more like a rebellion pushback of marriage for the first couple years. Um, and so later on in our relationship, we decided that, okay, you know what? We have children, you know, um, and we, we got to make something for them. We didn't want our kids to grow up experiencing the things that we experience, but experiencing better than what we experience. And so the first thing that um, he said that he learned pertaining to our relationship, he said he learned to have a sense of willingness to enhance the goodness of the relationship. So um, for a lot of the marriage in the beginning, he was very, um, his heart was very hardened because it happened so fast and you guys really got to know the whole story to understand what happened um, to cause the heart to be hardened towards the idea of being married is because it was like literally here we are today. Tomorrow we're married. OK, it was no engagement. There was no boyfriend, girlfriend. There was no fiance, you know, the one on the knee. You know, it's cute where everybody doing like these engagement parties like I'm a romantic at heart, but that's not my story. So I can't understand from that place. I can just tell you from my place how it all went down. And so we were literally two friends who got up and got married because of circumstance that happened in our life. And for the very first few years or whatever the case may be, it was like real, real life struggle. Hey there, this is your girl, Coach Kimmy, and I have a special message just for you. If you would like to be a guest on our podcast, submit an email submission to thatrealwivesclub at gmail.com. Once again, it is thatrealwivesclub at gmail.com. If you'd like to be a sponsor for our show, you can find us on anchor.fm forward slash unapologeticwivesclub and submit your donations to keep us running live. Thanks so much for your viewership until next week have a great one you know it was real life struggle it was anger there was resentment there was bitterness there was a whole bunch going on in the moments that were supposed to be our happy days and so he learned to have a sense of willingness to enhance the goodness of the relationship because I think for a period of time because of that 
his idea of the relationship was so tainted with bad thoughts. Like, I'm not ready to be married. Like, this is not for me. This is not the life. Like, no, that, you know, it was just straight shutdown mode. And for a while, I didn't realize the trauma that had been caused to him with us getting married. I didn't realize how much that affected him emotionally and and um in in his psyche you know in his mind I didn't realize it because I was young and naive my whole my whole thought was like okay I'm with who I want to be with (laughs) I'm with this man and he loved me and I love him and we together that was my stance but I didn't factor in the, the fact that there were some things that we were both still individually dealing with that brought issues into our relationship because we needed deliverance in those areas. And instead of being delivered before we said, I do, we said, I do before we were delivered and we had to deal with them. So now here you are and marriage for you guys, as a side note, if you ever want to know who you are for real, get married. Your marriage is like a mirror. It really shows you your good, your bad, your ugly, your weakness, because most of the time when we are alone, we don't have that experience with ourselves. When you are married, that is somebody else experiencing you. So when they're coming to you telling you, you too bossy, which I've heard in my relationship that you're too bossy and you know, you have no chill about you because I never learned how to have chill. Like I've had to fight all my life for getting to the point that I've gotten. I've like, I didn't have someone there as a mom and a dad to show me you do this and you don't do that. And this is how you handle this and you don't handle that. And so when you grow up having to learn it on your own, based off of what you're seeing, you're like filtering every experience you have. It's like a cistern. You're like literally filtering Every situation that you experience or that you see somebody else go through and you're picking and choosing what you want versus what you want to discard. And so that's how I kind of grew up. I watched other people. I didn't like that. I didn't like how it made people feel. I'm not one to sit back and enjoy seeing people hurt. So anything that caused hurt, harm and danger to somebody, I was out. That was like deuces to you. That ain't my cup of tea. Like that makes me angry. That makes me turn into somebody different. I don't like conflict. I don't like confusion. I don't like drama. I don't like none of that, you know? And so I didn't, I didn't grasp the concept in the very beginning. And there was a lot of hurt as a result of it. Not saying that he hurt me, but a lot of things I opened myself up to that I was not prepared to fight because I didn't know how to fight. And so, um, that was his one thing that he said that he learned mine regarding him was not to focus on his weaknesses, but to encourage him in his strengths. And so there were a lot of things. Once again, we neither one of us came from a background where somebody sat down and told him, this is how you be a husband. This is how you be a wife. This is how you take care of your family. So as we would go through things in our married life and I felt like things weren't moving fast enough or that he was, you know, procrastinating in certain areas or whatever the case may be. And he could have very well just been trying to figure it out. But for, for me, he wasn't moving in the right direction fast enough. And there was so many things that we had to do that was demanding for that decision to be made. 
I started getting disappointed. I got disappointed because I'm like, you're a leader, like lead this family, like do what you got to do. And in his retrospect, he's like, I'm trying to lead the family, but you keep pressing me or whatever the case may be. So how I'm going to lead the family, I'm going to just step back. I'm going to let you do it. Since you got this, then I'm going to step back and let you do it. And that was the biggest thing that I had to overcome as being a wife is to let him lead. And when you are a strong person who is always the one who has to do it, then it's hard to be humble enough to step back and let somebody lead. It's not that I I don't submit to my husband because I have no problem with submitting to my husband. Submission is not control. Submission is falling under the vision that he has for the house that is according to Christ's vision for our family. I have no problem with doing that. I have a problem with people who are trying to control the situation and eliminate any opinion or any suggestion. And so we kind of struggle with that because my thing is like this, like if you, if you're struggling with anything, and this is another side note, if you're struggling with anything in your relationship or in your life, there is too much information and knowledge that you can go out and get to find out how to handle it the right way. Like you just don't leave it to just be an, an, um, to just be unresolved or not taken care of. That's abandonment. And like, I I don't do abandonment really well. Like don't abandon the situation. Like find out whatever answer you need to fix this problem. And so I had to focus on his strength and encourage him in that and stop beating him down with my words based off of what I felt he wasn't doing. And so um, when it came to another thing that he said he learned, and ladies, let me let me go back to that one, because if that's what you're going to do, he going to run. He going to run to the border like it's nobody's business. You're going to drive your husband away if you keep piling on his head, telling him he, what he's not. Find his good qualities and embrace them. Just thank God that you ain't got a husband that's beating on your head and not doing nothing. You know, find find what he desires to do. And that's been my one thing I can say. I, I've had friends in the past who have had husbands who have dreams and desires to do stuff. And my homegirl be like, uh-uh, he ain't doing that. He need to stay his nine to five. I don't care about his dream. You know, but I've never been that type of person. I'm like, okay, if this is your dream, tell me what you want to do. And I will go and try to gather whatever information because I want my husband to be happy. So, you know, whatever that desire and that dream is on the inside of him, yes, your bills need to be paid. But, honey, your bills going to be paid if your man is surrendered to God and knows that God is his provider and that he gives his tithe and his offering and he has a vision and a plan for your house. You're going to be straight regardless. So you got to pick and choose your battles in that. So, um... Another thing he said he learned is that you can't just work to get along. That was so good to me. That was so good to me because people say, oh, we can just be cordial. We could just be cordial. He used to say that when we was going through stuff, like we were talking about the big D word, which I'm so anti-divorce. Like it ain't even funny. When I said I I do, honey, that means I, I do. You stuck with me for real. Okay, you stuck with me for real. This ain't no game because at the end of the day, it ain't even about him. It's about when I get before God, the father. And he said, I gave you a husband and children. What did you do with what I gave you? How do you explain to God that? Look, God, I want to be obedient and everything else. But this one right here, I just couldn't get down with the get down. Like you can't go before God and, and say that, you know, I'm going to be trembling in front of God because I want to make sure I did what was right. You know, so. He said that you can't just work to get along. He learned that. He said you have to have a strong willingness to see three things through. 
And so like we couldn't quit. (laughs) We couldn't just up and run and quit when things got tough and when things got difficult. But you had to be willing to stay and, and fight, you know. And so I so appreciate that because I tell him all the time, thank you for loving me, even though he doesn't feel like his love for me is 100 percent. And and my love for him is not 100 percent where we wanted to be. But I thank him for even loving me because I know I can be difficult. I know me. I know me enough to know that I can be difficult. And at any given time, he can make a decision to get up and walk out the door. We see it happen in our communities and in our families and in our households so too often. So when I get every moment I get, I say, thank you. Thank you for loving me enough to stay. Thank you for loving me enough to allow God to touch your heart. Even when you were angry and you hated being married to me and you wanted to walk away. Thank you for not quitting. Thank you for standing in this situation so that our kids can see God's glory. They can see us come through the mess and have a message to minister to other people. And so when that happened, you know, his posture begin to change even in our relationship was which caused my posture to be able to change because then I was able to know that he was speaking to God and that he was seeking God and I began to fall back. And so, um, you know, you can't just work to get along y'all. You got to be able to have a, a mission and an intention and a purpose for your marriage and your relationship. What is the purpose behind you saying I do? Marriage is a ministry. Who are you showing and what are you showing to people who are stepping aside watching you? And so, you know, I can stand here and say today that in 17 years of marriage, this is probably the happiest that I've been in 17 years of marriage. And it's not because I didn't love him, but it was because we needed the Holy Spirit to intervene. And both of us had to be on that page, that same page, because without God, we can't do nothing, y'all. And without God in your marriage, honey, when you got to deal with somebody because you made a commitment like that, they ain't going nowhere, especially when you got kids. You like, we can't separate because you're going to want to talk to me. And I really just don't even want to talk to you. Like, I barely even want to pray for you. You lucky you getting a hot meal at the end of the day. Like when you have those feelings towards somebody and then you're talking about separating, you like, all right, the benefits and the access you had to me is no longer. That's bitterness. And so I thank God for the willingness to stand there and to see things through. One thing that I learned about him or in this relationship is that help is not enforcement. Now, I told y'all sometimes my husband would get to a place where he procrastinate and I feel like, all right, you need to get this done because we need to get it done. Not because it didn't need to be done, but because it was a deadline. And if this wasn't done, then it would cause a chain reaction for that to be done and so forth and so on. And so um, I needed to learn what his definition of help was because here I was out here thinking that I was helping him. And really I was trying to enforce the rules. Like you need to do this. And at one point he says, listen, you can't correct me. I'm not your child. I'm your husband. Like you got to respect me in that way. And I'll, I'll get into the respect thing in a later bullet point. I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but I didn't realize 
that I was being forceful. I was trying to press on him because of other obligations that we had coming up that I needed him to make a move on, like right at that moment. And so instead of going to God and saying, Lord, give me the grace to deal with this. And Lord, put your grace on this situation and your mercy on the situation. Have mercy upon us dealing with this thing that we were dealing with. I was going to him like, you need to do this and you need to do it now. And as a result, he was pushing back. He was rebuttaling or reluctant to even do anything that I was asking him to do. So I had to identify what his help looked like. What do you need help with versus me trying to control the whole situation and get it all done. And then I do it. And then he's still complaining because it wasn't done the way that he desired for it to be done or it was done in a way that he didn't understand. And so, you know, I had to learn that. Um, another thing he said that he learned, he had to learn to be more open to my needs. That was so much of a blessing. When I tell y'all, when he started to um, to just really let his guard down and focus on what, what made me happy. I'll give you an example. He did real good, right? So he was at his job or whatever the case may be. And I'm going to share this because this really blessed my heart that um, he was at the job and, you know, sometimes jobs have liquidations and they give away old office furniture and stuff like that. And he knows my desire, my passion to be a coach and so forth and so on. And so the gentleman was telling him, hey, you know, he asked the gentleman about this chair and the gentleman was like, oh, yeah, that chair's in there. But if you want it, you can have it. Y'all, he got this chair for me and nothing is wrong with this chair. He got it for my office so that the chair that was hurting my back and hurting me from sitting down could be removed and I could have a real leather sturdy office chair from my office so if y'all see me on Facebook live with a new chair yeah my boo did that yes my love did that he did real good and that made me feel special so he knew what I needed because he knows where my passion is because he's been paying attention and in order to find somebody's needs there is a relationship that you got to build you got to spend time with that person to hear them not to just um to just um, be in the same room as them, but you have to hear them behind their words to know what's important. Um, another thing that I've learned is I've learned what my husband desires over what I think he desires. Like, here we go with this control thing. So like um, the example I used, even when I was talking to him to get these bullet points is just like this. Like, I'm really affectionate. I love my husband's hugs, his kisses, holding my hand. Like, I'm really touchy feely. And that is my love language. OK, touch is my love language. But for him, it may not be. And so I was giving to him what I needed from him, thinking that it was doing something for him. And it wasn't. And so like the times when. I would go out and I would just um, rub on his back or hold his hand in public or whatever. He would hold my hand for maybe like 10 seconds, count down, then he would let my hand go. And in the beginning of the relationship, I was really in my feelings because I was like, oh, you don't want to hold my hand in public? Would you ashamed of me? Like, y'all know when we get real petty and stuff like that, when they ain't doing what we want them to do, we, what you trying to, you trying to act like we ain't together. 
you know, I, you know, the neck roll and all that stuff. But that wasn't it. That's just not his love language. So I was trying to give to him what I wanted. But in return, he had to learn what I needed and what I desire so that he could learn how to sacrifice sometimes for what it is I needed. I feel closer to him when he touches or he kisses me or he holds my hand for him. He could go all day long without touching or kissing the hug and he'd be good. And so, you know, that was one of the things he had to learn from me was what desires that I had. Um, another thing that, uh, well, I said he had to learn from me, but I had to learn for him is what he desired versus what I desired and being willing to say, okay, I can sacrifice this for the sake of what he needs versus what I want from the situation. All right. So the next thing is, um, number seven. He learned not to get offended based on the way my wife communicates. That's what he says. Based on the way my wife communicates. Like, y'all, he used to get so flamed, lit, heated, whatever you want to call it. Because I'm a very direct person. Like, I don't have too much emotion in what I'm saying. And, you know, I'm not saying that's the best thing. But I don't know how to communicate any other way. Like, if I can't be 100% honest with you and say how I feel or whatever without cutting cards and beating around the bush or whatever and being honest, I don't know how to talk to you any other way. Like, that's who I am. That's what was built on the inside of me. And so my husband is more of a gentle soul. So, like, my abrasiveness with my words was beating him up, even though it may have been the truth, me saying it the way that I said it was offending him. He was getting upset by the things that I was saying and it was putting more damage in my relationship than it was helping because when it would come off, how he was receiving what I was saying was making him not want to be around me. And it may not have been that I was actually saying it wrong, but it could have been that he was hearing it the way that he wanted to hear it. So he said that he had to learn to not get offended based on the way that I communicated. And communication is key. Like I told you on the beginning of this podcast, we are so very different. And because we are so very different, we communicate different. And so I even had to um, pull back some on the things that I say or know the right timing on when to say it when he was at a place to be able to receive it not at a place when we're in intense fellowship and we about to go at it with each other and it's like Rocky Balboa and a and a straight boxing match and we about to go in for the gold like we can't we can't tell each other about the things that we have issues with at that moment when tension and heat and attitudes are already at a high 1000 like that ain't the time because that's when you start hitting below the belt. And we've been through that too, you know, just verbal, just straight up verbally abusing each other with our words, not, not pouring into each other, not encouraging each other, but just going off on each other, like straight up going off. And so, you know, um, we've come to a place where we don't talk like that with each other anymore. It was to a point where, you know, at times we'd be talking in the midst of talking if one of us got you know, upset, we was hanging the phone up on each other. Like how disrespectful and rude is that? And for me, I hate it. Don't hang up on me. Cause that's really going to put some fire up underneath me. And then when I get you the next time, you going to get everything you didn't want to get all in that one phone call. And if you hang up on me again and we see each other in person, Oh, you really about to get it. So, you know, um, I had to grow in that. 
and he had to grow in not being offended on how I communicate. So another thing I learned, I learned that my husband needs and deserves respect no matter what we are facing or going through. Men need respect, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. And I know that that is not my song and I am not taking ownership of trying to steal it. But men need respect, honey. They need respect. And when they don't have respect, it feels like to them that you are demasculating who they are as men, as overseers, as providers. Nothing is worse than a woman who is a strong-willed woman who makes her husband feel like he is not needed. That is the worst feeling in the world. Men do not like to be disrespected. So I had to learn that he needs respect. And if we are going through something, instead of going off on him verbally in our intense fellowships, I need to be able to walk away, take my thoughts, calm them down, and come back and ask him, can we talk at that moment? Because nobody ain't hear nothing if we can't talk to each other. And so um, another one I learned to him um, because he started running out, y'all. He was like, I don't know. I got to think about some more things that I've learned. But um, here's another thing that I learned. I'll give you two bonus tips. How about that? Bonus tip number one, which is actually number nine. I learned that outside of God and my husband and my kids, they are truly the ones that I got. Now, I have some friends that have my back and I have some relatives that are um, that are good and have my back. But outside of my husband and my children, no one, no one in my life should get the love and the respect and the attention that my husband and my kids get. And when I left my nine to five in the beginning of 2019 um, to do the coaching, to be honest with you, I was coaching people. And because they were receiving it, my energy and my time was put on my coaching clients because I was telling the same thing to my family, but they weren't listening. And so I was like, OK, you don't want to listen. You don't get the time. I'm going to get the time and the energy to the ones who want to listen. Why? Because they're seeing results. They're seeing the results that we desire to see. Because why? They're listening and they're doing the work. And so um, I had to learn family first over it all. Not because they weren't always my first priority, but because I felt unappreciated. I felt unqualified. I felt... Um, used. I felt like I was just good enough when you needed something. And so I had to heal from that and realize my family does need me. I am their pillar um, in the house as far as the things that they need. I am I am their resource to making sure that they're successful in everything that they do. And that requires sacrifice. So that was something else that I learned. The last thing I learned, which is the biggest bonus of it all, is if God ain't in it, you better go get some help. There is nothing wrong with counseling. There is nothing wrong with talking to someone who can speak truth and positivity into your marriage. And the reason why I say truth and positivity is because in the beginning, we've had a couple different marriage counselors, okay? A couple different ones. And after the second or third session, we never went back. 
And I can remember one experience we had was through my job. Um, when they set up, you know, if you need a counselor or therapist or something, they give you like eight free sessions through their plan as part of your benefit package. And so I set it up and we were all in it. And baby, when I tell you in the beginning of this um, conference, um, you know, the, the therapy session, this chick straight out was like, your husband don't love you. He don't love you. He ain't got no respect for you. I'm here for you, though. And I'm like, excuse me. Hold on. Pump your brakes, player. First of all, this this is a little bit much for the first session for you to tell me that my husband don't love me. My husband don't want me that, you know, he's never going to change, but that you're here for me. Like, you don't even know me. You don't know anything about our relationship. Like, we couldn't even get into details. And, you know, when we tried to get it out, of course, we were still heated at that moment that he wanted to tell his side. I wanted to tell my side. But I think sometimes... People need to give marriage um, people opportunities to just get that out before you sit them down. Sometimes they are boiling over. And I know it, it sounds messy because nobody will hear anybody. But sometimes it really takes for two people to come in a room and just say whatever they need to say. And then you pause them for a moment and be like, OK, I heard both of you. Now sit down. And let's discuss the real problem instead of pointing the finger at each other. Because I know for a fact, most marriages who have difficulty have looked at the disappointments, the the rejection, the infidelity, all the negative attributes of their relationship. And a lot of them have not even went to the scripture, which is God's creation of marriage to even find out how to fix their relationship. And so this chick was going off and off and off about how he, we needed to just divorce and how we need now. And keep in mind, she said, I'm a Christian. Now my eyebrow already raised, like what Christian are you to tell me to go ahead and divorce instead of offering me the Holy spirit or God as a solution to my problem. Not once did you pray with us. Not once did you inquire about what led us up to that point. We're talking about years and years and years of crap that we had dealt with. And not once did she ask us. So we got to that place where we were like, deuces to you. And we did what the scripture says. Scripture says, get godly counsel. So we went to our church and we said, listen, this is what we need. And this is what we're dealing with. And, um, I just begin to pray like, Lord, you know, touch our hearts. And I, and I would hope that my husband prayed on his own, um, that we would be able to come together and that we will find someone who is a man of God who can teach us where we both can receive from that person. And when I tell y'all that we did that and it began to work a new work on the inside of us because now we had someone who our ears and our hearts were inclined to hear. And for a long time, my husband didn't like counseling. How can anybody tell him and who can relate to him and this and this and that and the other. And I was always like, we need counseling. We need to go to counseling. So I was like the nagging wife, 
that made the husband want to leave. But at the end of the day, that is my bonus to you. There is nothing wrong with getting counseling. Even if you got to speak to me and my husband about some things that you're going through, whatever the case may be, get God's opinion and his word and his truth on your situation, not the opinion of others who don't believe in rectifying and who don't believe in redeeming and who don't believe in God's power healing your marriage and your family. So with that being said, I have given you guys 10, 10, 10 lessons of love that we've learned in 17 years of marriage. And I know this has been um, a long podcast, but I'm, I'm, I'm real passionate about love, marriage and family. And so you guys may hear some more about this and I'm gonna try to get my husband on here. Y'all, I don't know if he gonna talk, but I'm gonna try to get him on here because we have so much fun when we can just be ourselves together. Um, if you want to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so by going to anchor.fm forward slash unapologetic wild club. Wives Club. And if you click on the tab that's um or scroll up, you'll see all the other platforms like Google Podcasts, um, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Rocket, and some other ones that I'm already on. Seven different platforms. And I'm working to get on Apple iTunes if you want to be a guest to the show. Or you have some questions for me. You can go into my anchor page and actually leave me a voicemail and let me know what's the deal. And I will talk about it if there's something you want to hear on here or some um, something that you, someone you want to refer as a special guest. Of course, we're not going to just interv- interview anybody. It's got to be someone that God says, yeah, thumbs up. Go ahead and give them a platform. Then send me an email to that real wives club at gmail.com until next time guys have a blessed week rock it out and know that you have just received the 10 lessons of love peace